have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hi everyone, this is Linda Young, OG voice of Frieza, Dragon Ball Z, voice of Genkai, Yu Yu Hakusho, voice of poorly Yusuka, fairy tale, and more. <laughs> Excuse me for interrupting, but this is Lord Frieza, voice of Linda Young. You are listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. Wow, I am so sorry, but Frieza is a control freak. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. And it's going to be a special one here tonight because I'm going to get a chance to nerd out a little bit on Star Wars. And has there been any giveaway that I like Star Wars? Does anybody have a clue about that? Is that is that like breaking news to anybody? It shouldn't be. But if it is... Surprise, you just learned something new about me, and as we're recording this, here in a few days, I'm going to be making the long flight out to Anaheim, landing in LA, making the drive up for celebration, and just nerding out for four days, spending some time with my wife, celebrating our anniversary out there as well. So it is a win-win situation for me. My bank account, not so much, but we won't talk about that. But before we go any further, guys, I got to take a minute and just ask you all, If you haven't already, please feel free to subscribe to this show on whatever podcasting platform that you prefer. Whether it's Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, you name it, this podcast is there. Just like my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt. Go show some love, get your spooky fix, word of mouth is free, so share it with your family, share it with your friends, and get the word out there and leave that five-star review. And here's another important thing, you want to keep supporting the show, you want me to keep bringing these to you? By all means, check out the show notes because I've got links to merch in there. You want Flynn shirts, Tales from the Haunt shirts that are coming. You want autographed pictures. You name it, I've got it. I've even got a pro wrestling tea store with a link in the show notes. Keep the show going. Every portion of those sales helps this podcast stay active. And a proceed goes to the Nashville Humane Society as well. So let's help those fur babies. But, man, I I want to get into this, this chit-chat here tonight because it's going to be fun. But before we do... Go get connected on social media because I almost forgot one big important thing. If you get that merch, if you want to show people that you're one of the cool kids, take a selfie in it, tag me, tag the podcast, and you will get a shout out on social media and on the podcast as well. So I think that's a pretty much a win-win. But I got one more important piece of business here and I got to show some love to the Gimme Back My Podcast Network. So we're going to take a quick pause for a word from them and then we're coming back. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. 
And don't forget about the monthly contest and Triple I. Not only that, Frank, but you will find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So please join us at the Monster Movie Countdown. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. And we're back, and believe you me, the force is with us here tonight because I have got my brother Chase from Rodian Radio Podcast on the line with me here. Actually, met him back at ICC here in Nashville, and man, we stayed connected ever since. And that's just like opened the floodgates to the amount of cool people that I've been fortunate enough to meet. So, Chase, dude, thanks for being on here tonight. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Hello there to all of your listeners. Um, like you said, you're about to geek out on Star Wars. And uh, Absolutely. I like it. That Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi. Yes, yes, man. And hopefully, like, you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out my schedule for when this will air. But by the time it does, we'll have a pretty good depth of not only what's going on in Kenobi, but <clears throat> we're going to have a Stranger Things thing going on, too. So, like, my, my nerd card will be full to the max and then some. So I, I'm in hog heaven right now, but yeah, dude, Kenobi, I am counting down the days because I am just Ewan McGregor. I'm a straight man, but my God, Ewan McGregor. Let's just leave it at that. Like, I'm just, I'm excited to see him back on screen. I'm excited to see this Kenobi series happen because we've wanted it for, what's it been, 17 years since Revenge of the Sith now? And people still want to see him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like... What are your expectations for this series? Uh, boy, uh, <clears throat> my expectations is, uh, like I've said on on uh, Rodian Radio a lot, um, I, I want to see Kenobi dealing with his PTSD. Mm-hmm. I want to see him communicating with Qui-Gon. Yes. Uh, you know, I said in one of our last episodes, we did a Kenobi pregame discussion, mm-hmm. and uh, we dropped it the week before Kenobi premieres. And uh, I said, if it was up to me, I would shoot the first shot of the entire series. It would be a pan zoom of an empty cave. And then you, and then Kenobi comes in frame and he's meditating through the force. And he hears all these voices coming at him, you know, Satine, Darth Maul, Yoda, Mace Windu, everybody. All right. The last voice he hears is, Obi-Wan, and it's Qui-Gon. Man. And the first thing that I want Obi-Wan to say is, hello there, old master. Yes, and I, man, I, I, I honestly think if they pull from the Kenobi novel that's now considered Legends, you know, Legends, Canon, you name it, whatever you want to call it, there, there's actually something very similar to that, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't read it, but where he finally connects with Qui-Gon at the end, and that is the perfect way to start the series right there. And it just, yeah. oh my God, if you did that too, you would even get a Rebels reference like he's in the world between worlds and you hear all these iconic voices, all these scenes, and you hear all these people, and then you cap it off with the one everybody's waiting for with Liam Neeson returning as Qui-Gon. But the, the kicker is, is the first shot is actually the last shot of the series. Oh, I like it. 
start from the finish line and work your way back. I yeah, love I it. I should be working for Lucasfilm because I, I, I've studied Star Wars for over 20 years. So Man. It's a passion for me. Absolutely. And I come up with some of the craziest things. Like one of the theories I had was Max Rebo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Max Rebo always knows when to dip before yep. the building he's in and explodes. So it makes me wonder if Max Rebo is actually the syndicate himself. <laughs> but he has to go through all this trouble. Okay. If we get a Max Rebo spinoff show... The first shot would be every episode he's having to put out flyers all around Tatooine for new gig members because they all die. They all die, yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm just going to say I am all for it right now because a friend of mine, listener of the show, Brian, his sister is actually on the staff. She is the uh, the puppeteer for Max Rebo. So let's keep her working. Let's keep her. Let's keep her a job. Let's keep Max Rebo in. Yes, he has to be, though. He's so man. I. I'm a Max Rebo fan too. Just like Ewan McGregor, Max Rebo has to live on. But let's go back to something you said there. You've been a fan of Star Wars and you've studied it for over 20 years. Like, yeah. this is something that, you know, like you hear people, I've heard it time and time again with wrestling. You grow up with it, you grow out of it, it comes back. Where did it start for you? And then did you also ever have the phase where Star Wars kind of went away and then came back stronger than ever for you? Well, it all starts, Star Wars, my love for Star Wars started when I was uh, two years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Christmas, I got like a big, like two foot tall bag of, at the time, they weren't considered vintage, but I guess now they are. Right, right. They were the Phantom Menace uh, three and three quarter figures. Nice. I got like the whole wave of those and a few Attack of the Clones. So this was like pre-Attack of the Clones when they first started releasing the Mm -hmm. figures. and post phantom menace so maybe 2000 yeah okay. so that's what kick-started star wars for me was actually the action figures mm-hmm. i kept those action figures for probably 10 12 years and i finally sold them and it, it broke my heart to sold them right right but i turned around and i reinvested at the time black series was coming out yes okay now i have completely dropped all collecting except I have moved solely into one six scale figures, which are the hot toys, your yeah. so collectibles, your uh, three zeros, your you know all all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is what now that I have adult money. Yeah, they I should can, have never given us I money. Can, yeah, I can put my investment into those figures and still have the childhood that I had. Absolutely. So for me, ever since two years old, I've been collecting. I've been studying star wars fantasizing star wars i've even wrote my own fan uh story nice uh we talked about it over on rodian radio for a while and um uh, i created my own character concept uh, and you know I, i'm no different than the other star wars fanatic but where i consider myself different i apply star wars to my day-to-day life mm-hmm. you know whether it's a, a quote uh, you know like for example, in the Phantom Menace, Qui-Gon has a quote that says, your focus determines your reality. Very if true. If you think about that, that is 100% truth. Or whether mm-hmm. it's Luke Skywalker, no one's ever really gone. I apply Star Wars in my day-to-day life, whether it's through a quote, a scene, an emotion that I have watching a scene, or anything like that. Absolutely. So I consider myself 
that's what I like to call Rodian Radio is a sports center for Star Wars because nice. we cover like everything, news updates, you know, media news, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, we throw fan theories out there like the Max Rebo. And so for me, ever since I was two years old, that, that kickstarted my, my passion and uh, intrigued my more to broad my horizons in Star Wars. Nice, nice. I mean, I love it. And I love hearing stories like that, too, because it's something that lets you hold on to that inner childhood and, you know, all the things that were good about growing up. And it's nice to see that the adult world hasn't, like, robbed you of that like it has so many people that get caught up on the hamster wheel. So it's so cool to hear that. And what was it like, you know, like when your parents see this love for Star Wars developing? Were they fans growing up and that's how they got the toys for you or would they just see something cool on the shelf? What was that well, like? Back to your first question, there was a point in my life when I was about, when I was, you know, first started to become a teenager and mm-hmm. I was introduced to, quote unquote, the real world or yeah. whatever. Star Wars was kind of put on the back burner for a little bit, and mm-hmm. that's at the time we weren't getting anything. Yeah. You know, the Clone Wars was over, no movies, nothing. Yep. But that didn't last long. I, I quickly came right back into it. I'm like, I'm never giving up Star Wars. You know, I, I, I can't. I've been with it my whole life. Yeah. But what you say now, uh, my dad is actually the one who bought those figures for me. He was uh, born the year, I believe, A New Hope came out. So he grew up with the original trilogies. Mm -hmm. When I was born, I grew up with the prequels. But I consider the OT my original Star Wars because, you know, it you can't beat the classics absolutely and my my mom never really cared about sci-fi she was more into the romance kind of stuff you know right. the, the crime and mysteries and all that sort of genre but um when i when i got up older in life my, my dad sort of kind of dwindled out of star wars mm-hmm. and you know he didn't really have much to do with my love for it so right right i was basically on my own i didn't have many friends who liked that i do have one best friend and i mean we, we've got a kenobi watch party set up ready to nice. Go nice so we're gonna come over to the house we're gonna drink our blue milk we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make some sort of star wars recipe food and we're gonna we're just gonna watch these two episodes from here back to back i love it so outside of that i've never really i've sort of been by myself but once i got married uh my wife had never liked star wars but i was oh. like just sit down and watch all the movies in order with me just just watch them now she is she she likes star wars han solo is her favorite but she also loves jar jar which is it's okay yeah jar Jar's jar jar still still a pivotal character in the story so it can't be all bad yeah i mean it, you gotta think about star wars is made for kids and it's generational absolutely okay? jar jar was made for children's point of view mm-hmm. very very true and-, and now that i have a son i'm teaching him you know i'm getting him involved we actually sat down today and watched uh, revenge of the sith a little bit so. best movie in the franchise smart move uh for me i gotta go return of the jedi <laughs> okay i'll i'll take that one too because it's my favorite of the ot and that we'll come to that reason why later on but um Man, that's so cool that it, it just it shows how it's a generational thing because my parents, you know, they introduced me back in 97 when, um, you know, when the original trilogy was remastered and put in theaters. Mom surprised me with the, the three VHS box set, if anybody even remembers what a VHS is it. anymore. Yeah. 
And I, I, I don't know where it's at, but I had it. Same, same. And then right after that, you know, it's like it kind of you get that year, six month gap in between. And then here comes the Phantom Menace. And it's just like all over again. And you just you sit there, you still wait. Still VHS. Yeah, still VHS. Then DVDs come along, but man, it was so like just it's crazy growing up with it. And then looking back at it now, like I didn't even know about the Clone Wars and that gap between the prequels and the sequels. Clone Wars animated series. I came late to the party on that. Same with Rebels. Everything in between. But there's there's something for everybody. And now my son's getting involved with it too. Like, he loves it. My kids love the droids. They love BB-8. Like. It's so cool to see that get passed down and passed down. Yeah, yeah. I was day one on the Clone Wars. I remember to this day where I was at, what I was sitting in, and what I was doing when I was watching the first episode of Clone Man, that's so awesome. And it's like, I didn't, I just, I was out of the loop on it. I didn't even know it was going to be an animated series on Cartoon Network. Nothing. Didn't know. Every Friday night. And I'll tell you a funny story too. Here's how I remembered, uh, or I remember finding out that Darth Maul was brought back. But I was on a, a road trip to a wrestling show up in West Virginia in 2012. I'm we're staying at my wrestling manager. We stopped at his family's house on the way up to rest for the night. I go to the bathroom. There's a Star Wars comic in there, and it says Darth Maul returns. And that that's how I became aware of the Clone Wars and everything in between. It's like, how did I? how did I miss this? Like, was college that important to me? I don't know, but like, dang, I, I, I feel so ashamed to come late to the party, but man, like they, they got so much crazy stuff in there. And then to have it come back and be finished and give us the bad batch and everything in between, like there's so much to this franchise, but it seems like at the same time, the more we get, the more negative the internet allows people to be with that too. So what are what is your thought on like the negativity and the toxic fan base that sometimes rears its ugly head towards Star Wars? Well, for one thing, we gotta give props to Dave Filoni. Of course. I mean, Dave Filoni. You know, I, I was too young to understand his point and what he was trying to make with the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Time, but now that I'm older and I'm an adult and I rewatch it, like the Darth Maul arc, that arc is very pivotal. Yes. In Darth Maul's path. Yeah. Beyond that point. He was psychotic. He was, quote unquote, a giant spotter. Mm hmm. And, you know, it took witchcraft to bring him back to the sinister Darth Maul that we know yep. in Phantom Menace. That's a very pivotal thing. And, like, Dave Filoni knows Star Wars. He was trained by George Lucas firsthand, you know, master and apprentice. Yep. It's like Vader says, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. That is Dave Filoni. But the point with the negativity is the older I get, I learned that no matter what you do, there is somebody that is going to hate on you with a passion. And I have learned people who hate on stuff that you create, most of the time, it's because they're jealous that they can't do it themselves. Bingo. And I, I was just talking to a couple of friends the other day about this. And I was like, you know, when you like, I like to customize action figures and take photography of action mm-hmm. figures that I collect. And you'll get one or two people that's like, that doesn't look good. You know, why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? So on and so on. I've learned to take what they say chew it up, spit it back out, and throw it back at them. 
Absolutely. And I know I get to them. And this is, you know, a tip for anybody who's dealing with haters. You know you get to a hater when they block you. Yep. And that's exactly what happened with one of these guys that I was talking to. So that's my point of view on it is no matter what you do, you're going to have somebody who hates. Yep. Till the day you die, it's going to happen. But you just got to learn to take what they say and give it back to them in a respectful way. Absolutely. that That it triggers them even more that they block you. Absolutely. And that's the thing, too. Uh, the old saying they tell us in, like, the corporate world or retail, whatever it may be, kill them with kindness. Kill them with yes. kindness. Exactly. Because I guarantee you, too, somebody that may be critiquing you, like, I, I am nowhere near skilled enough to customize figures, do anything like that. But I guarantee if you were to ask them, well, hey, you know, could you explain or show me your reasoning or how you did it? You probably wouldn't get a response at that point. Like, you'd put them on the spot and they'd just be out of their element, wouldn't know what to say, and then they get pissed off again. Yeah, and and I've learned that most, nine times out of ten, anybody who hates on my stuff, whether it's, well, you didn't customize that figure how it needs to be. Well, for one, it's a custom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my preference how I want this figure to look. That's what's important. But nine times out of ten, I've learned that anybody who says anything about that, if you go to their profile, they don't post anything relevant to what they're talking about or don't even have a picture of themselves on said profile it's always whether it's their pet what they're doing for the day what kind of food they're eating for lunch what Mm -hmm. they're wearing it's never what they're talking about nine times out of ten not at all and man so like speaking of you know like no matter what you do people will hate on it that was a very common theme with the prequels of Star Wars and now even, like, the sequels for our adult years now. And over time, the prequels have come to be seen in a more loving light. I don't know whether it's the mass amount of memes that we have on the internet or just the treasure trove of Obi-Wan memes, whatever it may be. But I, I enjoyed them growing up, but people didn't always look back at them so fondly. What was it like? What was your interpretation of them? Because I know you said you grew up with them, but the OT was what you considered your original. So what were your thoughts on the on the prequels and now even the sequels? Well, I was so in love with Star Wars when the time the prequels came out. I, I, I remember, I don't remember the first time I seen The Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones, but I do remember the first time I watched Revenge of the Sith. I was right. old enough to remember movies at that point. I personally loved them because it was Star Wars. Yep. My answer for for why it's so popular now and not back then is, again, Star Wars is generational. Mm -hmm. Okay. The people who were old enough to understand the prequels were original trilogy-born people. Yep. So when you come in, you see all the CGI, you're like, well, this is not classic Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. The people who did grow up with the prequels are now those original trilogy born people's age and those are the people who enjoyed the prequels at the time Mm -hmm. so now they're saying about the sequels this is not star wars this is not prequel age star wars right it's going to happen give it 20 30 years down the road children today that grew up with the sequels will be saying the same thing that i'm sitting here saying 20 30 years down the road absolutely absolutely and the thing is too is no matter what they gave us, uh, and thank you, Disney, for giving us so much content, but they were damned if they did, damned if they didn't, because 
you know, like all the legends that people now hold so in such high regard, they pull stuff from that. But had they gone full on legends, somebody would have dumped on that because they want original content. But, you know, again, 20 years down the road, it's going to be looked at in that favorable light. Plus, on top of that, we'll probably have more content to tie all this stuff in together and make it make more sense in the in the hindsight more than anything else. Like, the Clone Wars, Rebels, all that stuff tied those gaps in the prequels together and made it make so much more sense now that we're looking back on it, you know, 15 years later. And that that's that's where I give credit to Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like him and John Favreau are the dream team of oh, Lucasfilm yeah. right now. John Favreau is excellent at writing the stories yep. in gaps. Dave Filoni is excellent at putting it on screen, whether Absolutely. it's animated or live action. Just like the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 6, we got the beginning was Cobb Van. Okay, That's a Legends character brought into canon mm-hmm. in a very great way. Yep. Introduce him with no story starting from scratch even though he's got a story in legend bring him in give him no story except for you know the little flashback about how he ended up with boba fett's armor but create his own story but take the character from legends Mm -hmm. but just like that episode we started off with Cobb vant then we moved into mando seeing luke with ahsoka rogu and r2 building luke's school which is 20 years down the road yep Kylo Ren, we know what happens with that. Yes, sir. Dave Filoni is a genius at tying in the prequels, the originals, and the sequels, Absolutely. and the Clone Wars, and Legends in one episode. And that's that's what I'm so excited about with Mando Season 3 when we get to that point, because, I mean, there's already more talk about what's going to tie into the sequels with, you know, Praetorian Guards or whatever it may be, and... We even kind of got that little Snoke teaser uh, at one point in season two mm-hmm. when they find that Imperial base. And that's something I want to ask you, too. Like, what are your thoughts on what was in those cloning tanks? What do you think those were? Well, if you go back to the Bad Batch, there's one episode when Finnick, or I'm sorry, Cad Bane, mm-hmm. uh, kidnaps Omega. Yep. And they end up at that cloning center. And we see what's our, what's in those tubes. Then we see the episode of season two of Mandalorian. What's in those tubes? My theory is no matter what they're doing, they're trying to recreate Palpatine. That's what they're trying to do, yep. no matter what. Whether it be Snoke or, you know, Palpatine's son that mm-hmm. they clone, you know, no matter what it is. We know that the Kaminoans were, if if I'm not mistaken, Dexter puts it, they are known galaxy wide for their cloning skills yep more or less who knows what the Kaminoans were doing absolutely who knows, who knows what palpatine was ordering them to clone while palpatine was alive right so the sequels gave us snoke but who's to say there's not snoke 2.0 yeah 2.3 you know all, all this kind of stuff so, and again, Dave Filoni was the one who brought all that in together. I mean, it, Dave Absolutely. Filoni knows what he's doing. John Favreau knows what he's doing. And these are two people who are like me, who grew up with Star Wars and took it in as a lifestyle. Absolutely. And then on top of that, too, I want to go back to, you know, mentioning Darth Maul a few moments ago. 
because they took that character, and then you've got to give props to Sam Witwer, the guy who voiced him and Excellent. brought all that to life behind the mic. Like, you took him from this character that was just a stoic, you know, had two, three lines in the entire movie, but a total badass, gets halved, you think he's dead by the end of the first movie, never to be seen again, but then he comes back, like you said, he's insane, he's a half spider, he's takes witchcraft to put him back together, and then he's the, you know, he's the badass all over again, but he's always doomed to fail in the middle of that, but they made him such a... I don't want to say lovable character, but one that you could not take your eyes off of. Like you just, you're drawn into him, whether he's the good guy, whether he's trying to kill Obi-Wan, whatever it may be, but you see him become a crime lord. He does all this stuff, but at the end he still fails. And they, they just wove his story so masterfully into all of it. He even gets to interact with Palpatine again. And I do want to see how they broke him out of prison there, but you know, that's maybe we'll get that at another time. But do you think with Kenobi coming up as we record this, we're going to see Maul in this since he's alive around that time? I do not think we're going to see Maul at all. However, I think there may be a mention to Maul. But the reason I don't think we're going to see him is because back when they first started writing for Kenobi, mm-hmm. Maul was going to be the main villain. That's right. Vader. But they had a lot of uh, re-edits, reshoots, rewrites, and all that stuff. And somebody, I'm not sure exactly who that was, but they came up, I think, to Kathleen Kennedy. And they said, hey, wouldn't it make more sense if Vader was the main villain in the Kenobi show? Absolutely. So they scratched Maul out, and everything that Maul is supposed to be, they turned it into Vader. Which, I'm happy with either one. Yeah. And, it, you know, Star Wars likes to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. I see Darth Maul the same as Anakin Skywalker slash Vader. Yep. Sam Witwer is the voice. Ray Park is the body for Darth Maul. Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen is the body. Uh, Earl Jones. Yep. James Earl James Jones. Earl Jones. Is the voice for Vader. Absolutely. It likes to repeat itself. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I consider every actor who does that particular stuff that one character alone. Like James Arnold Taylor, Ewan McGregor, to me, they're both Obi Wan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Alec Guinness. They're all Obi Wan. Yeah. And that's that's the cool part, too, because, you know, mentioning James Arnold Taylor, that guy, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does as Obi-Wan. He because he, he flat out said, like, my job is to not only mimic Ewan McGregor to, you know, get the most accurate voice, you know, voice match, but I have to match Ewan McGregor doing Alec McGinnis as a younger Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's like three layers that he has to bring to that character. Yes, and he did a fantastic oh, yeah. job. Oh, he man, we and that's that's selling him short, man. That that guy is just an absolute master at his craft, and it's hopefully he'll have a little cameo in there somewhere because his name has to be tied to the series. And he's such a genuine down to earth yes. person in real life. I don't know if you got the pleasure to meet him. At oh yeah, ICCCon. Okay, so I went up and got an autograph from him, and it was an Obi Wan figure. It was an Ewan McGregor figure. Like I said, that's Obi Wan mm-hmm. and Obi Wan. Or the same. Yep. When I gave it to him, he immediately went into his Obi-Wan voice. Yep. And the first thing he said to me was, hello there. That guy is such a genuine actor, along with any other Clone Wars cast member. They're all oh, genuine yeah. people. Dee Bradley Baker, Corey Burton, mm-hmm. Ashley Eckstein, Matt Lanter, for example. Matt Lanter is one of the most down-to-earth people you will ever meet in your life. Absolutely. Those are the type of people who don't let... 
their success and fame run the reputation. Yep. And that's the way to be in this in in their line of work. Absolutely. Now, there, there are some there are some, you know, like we'll say Natalie Portman, her reputation kinda lets it she lets it go to her head. And you know, back when they were filming Revenge of the Sith, there's rumors that Natalie Portman and George Lucas were butting heads a lot. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. That's why we don't see Padme that much in Revenge of the Sith, but Mm. in Attack of the Clones, she's like one of the main spotlight characters. Yep. A lot of the stories around her. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. That is the, you know, look at people like that. Even Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Look at the the, the, uh, backlash that they went through. Yeah. But look at their personalities today. Absolutely. That's the way to be in this kind of business. And I've said it a million times probably, and I'll say it again. Star Wars fans are toxic. Yep. They are some of the most toxic people in the world of film. And, you know, we like to call them micro fans, but it's, you know, those those people that are like, well, they, they pay attention to so much detail, just like Boba Fett. Boba Fett doesn't need to take his helmet off. That's not Boba Fett. Who said Boba Fett doesn't take his helmet off? We literally see him the whole movie in Episode Two with no helmet. Yeah, exactly. He, what is he supposed to come out of the cloning tank with a helmet on already? I mean, yeah, he adopted his dad's armor. Yeah, he's a clone. What did clones do? They ran around nine times out of ten without a helmet. Mm-hmm. Jango Fett took his helmet off. Din Djarin has took his helmet off. Yep, he broke his own creed for for Grogu. Yes, pre-Vizsla. Perfect yep. example. Walked around all the time with no helmet. Absolutely. And it's it's so funny, too, because he, I love that the Mandalorian has presented this, this clash of styles or butting of heads in the Mandalorian religion where you have those that this Different is the way. Jobs, yeah, you never take your helmet off. You never remove it. But then you have others that call them religious zealots, and they take theirs off all the time, and they're the ones laying claim to the throne, like... Bo-Katan, Sabine, you name it, they've taken their helmet off. In the famous words of Abraham Lincoln, a house divided against itself will not stand. Facts. Very. What happened to Mandalore? It, it was fell. destroyed. Yep. And it's because the Mandalorians were at war with each other. Boba mm-hmm. Fett even says Jango Fett fought in the Civil Wars on Mandalore. Yep. And that's, that's funny, too. I, that one little line right there in that series is so iconic. Because if you look back at a lot of Star Wars material before that, you you like in Legends, even some stuff in Canon, there's talk that, you know, Django wasn't a true Mandalorian. He was banished or he was yeah, or he was just not allowed. He had the armor, but he wasn't a true Mandalorian. But then you hear that and he's got the chain code, shows that the armor was passed down. So newsflash he's a Mandalorian. So there you yeah, go. Same as Boba Fett. Boba Fett's mm-hmm. a foundling, Din Jaren's a foundling. You know, it, it's 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 all considered about how the tribes, quote unquote, present Absolutely. to their people what they want to do. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, it, you know, for example, in the Book of Boba Fett, Episode Two, when he's with the Tuscans, we learned they're different tribes. Yep. Of Tuscans, and that was so we, cool to see too. It was that that Tuscan tribes were more honorable and civilized. Yeah. And. Where the other Tuscans that we see in the words of Obi Wan, they were so uncivilized. Yeah, you know, this savages, as they say. 
It's, like Anakin, you know, they're animals. Yep, and I killed them, but eh, you know, they kind of had Not that just one coming. The men, but the, the women, women and, and the, the children. children. They kind of had that one coming. I'm just gonna say, but but no, that that was so cool to see because you see them on a different level and. We kind of got a glimpse of that with another tribe in, in the Mandalorian Season 2 again when they all fought the crate Dragon. They yeah. they weren't those savages that we saw in the original trilogy or even the prequels. They came together and worked with the townspeople. And it's cool to see that different dynamic to these characters that Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni bring to life. Creative genius. You know, one thing I want to say is how does Boba Fett and Din Djarin both know how to communicate with Tuskens? Very, very good. I didn't even think about that. That we've seen on screen that knows how to communicate with with Tuskens. And see, that's that's also something too that that Kenobi book. uh, I know this is a Kenobi heavy chat tonight, but that Kenobi novel in that book, he actually communicates with the Tuscan tribe because you know there are villagers that are trying to disguise themselves as Tuskens to attack local farms and sell their own security thing. But Obi-Wan learns to help the Tuscans, you know, like help them catch those people. And he communicates. And I think that kind of tied in that piece of episode four where he's able to scare them off and save Luke. But now that's erased from, from the story. So, you know, like he even had that at one point. You'd have to assume they may come back again in this series. Yeah. And, you know, it, anybody who, who watches Star Wars and has a love for Star Wars, but they can't always get... Uh, you know, for me, it was the Mod Squad and mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Like, yeah. Okay, I get it, but their characters are absolutely useless. Yeah. They make no sense. They're absolutely useless. To me, anybody who's like me, my advice to you is make it make sense. Yeah. It will help you wrap your head around it. To me, I have a fun way of how I make the Mod Squad make sense. Would you like to hear it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Get ready for this one, because the, <laughs> the first time I said it, I got laughs like crazy about it. Okay, so we know that they're obsessed with replacing their uh, organs and stuff with mechanical parts. Mm-hmm. So, to me, how I make them make sense is some sometime when they were little children, before they had their mods, they found the diary of General Grievous. Okay. <laughs> okay so they're they reading this diary and they're like general grievous put in there i replaced all my organs except for my you know very vital ones with cybernetics so these right. kids what do kids do they find an idol and they idolize their idol they want to be that idol so these kids <laughs> wanted to be general grievous and that's how i make it make sense and here's a thing too that can actually help solidify that because um Again, going back to something you mentioned earlier with, you know, like just trying to clone Palpatine and recreate him, whether it was Snoke, his son or whatever. In the Aftermath trilogy, um, you know, there's a character named Tim and Wexley or Snap in the trilogy, the one that gets gunned down in the battle over Exegol. And um, he has a battle droid. He found um, some kind of hard drive that had like everything about General Grievous on it. And he had a customized battle droid from episode one. He uploaded all of General Grievous's, you know, like fighting techniques, skills, and all that into him, and you, you know, like it, it's possible that stuff is out there. So the diary, who knows what Grievous was doing in that layer of his? And that's oh, I want that to be revisited because I completely forgot that was a thing in the Clone Wars. You see yeah. all the different helmets and mask pieces and body parts, like 
There's so much out there. Yeah. Where are all those lightsabers now? I need answers. I need answers, damn it. took them. And then he got killed, so he kind of got, got it for killed. stealing. Yeah, Palpatine took them and gave them to the Inquisitors. That's where they get their lightsabers from. Oh, that is a brilliant tie-in. Damn, that is they good. make it make sense. That is good. That is so good. Man, okay, so I've been throwing a lot of questions like your way about what you're expecting for this show and everything, and I've got one more big one before I want to let you throw some questions my way now. But Let's go. With the inevitable confrontation that has already been addressed that's going to happen in Kenobi with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Yes, and Boba Fett will be in Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but, you know, like, the epic battle that Obi-Wan and Vader have in Episode Four, when Vader says the line, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I am the master, do you feel like this confrontation that they're going to have may muddle and confuse references that were even in Rebels about, you know, like Kenobi if he lives, or even that scene on the Death Star. Do you feel like their confrontation in this series may change or just muddy the waters of the timeline at this point? Okay, so I heard somebody say this a while back, and it made a lot of sense, and and I've put some thought into it, and i put my own twist on it. Okay. Say Kenobi... He's trying. He, we know he goes off world. Mm-hmm. Okay. What if he's trying? He's he's accomplished his mission. He's trying to get back to Tatooine to watch over Luke. Vader captures him. Okay. They're in the shuttle together. You know, Vader tells the Inquisitors, "I'll deal with this personally." While they're in the shuttle, maybe Kenobi's in bonds or whatever. You know, he's in a cell or something. Kenobi starts talking to Vader. Obviously, mm-hmm. he can sense that it's Anakin. Okay. He starts talking to Vader. It starts triggering memories in Vader about the friendship that and brotherhood that they right. had. Obi-Wan then sort of teaches Vader what we don't know. I don't really know how to put it yet because I've not seen the show yet or a much detail to put it in perspective. Right, right. But say Obi-Wan teaches Vader a mental skill. Hmm. Okay. That right there would explain when I left you, I was the learner. Now I'm the master. master. Okay. To quote-unquote retcon a New Hope being their first confirmation since Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Say Vader gets Obi-Wan back to his lair on Mustafar. He's, you know, got Palpatine pulled up on the FaceTime. And, you know, he's like, he's sitting there talking to Vader. He's like, bring him Palpatine's, you know, bring him to me personally. Something please, like that. yes, please. Okay, before they get there, Vader turns around and he lets Kenobi go due to what Kenobi triggered in his memory. Mm. So when Kenobi leaves, Vader finds Palpatine. He's like, he got away. I'm sorry, Master. And then we see Palpatine's full rage just go on Vader like it does in the comics. Yes. That right there would perfectly tie in everything throughout Revenge of the Sith through the Kenobi show into A New Hope, and it would make that dialogue 
makes sense. Absolutely. Or, I mean, just thinking about it now, too, because I don't think we've seen that female Inquisitor in anything past that. No no Jedi Fallen Order, no My Rebels. prediction, if what I said doesn't happen, is Reva is going to flip, and she's going to say mm. what, what we're doing is wrong. Very true. She's going to help Kenobi escape. Or she could be the scapegoat if Obi-Wan does escape from Vader, and she's the one that gets punished. Well, we know that Vader kills 90% of the Inquisitors before A New Hope. Very true. Very true. And, I mean, if you played Fallen Order, you know he definitely kills one there. Yeah. Perfect example. I think the fifth brother and the Grand Inquisitor died in Rebels. Yep, along with the, uh, I believe it's the second, it's the second or the seventh sister, because yeah, uh, I, I believe there's ten, 10 Inquisitors total. Yep, because the Grand Inquisitor dies at the end of Season 1, and then both of the the sister and the brother, Maul kills them on Malachor at the end of Season 2 before Ahsoka faces Vader. And yeah. I think that was the end of them after that. And the Grand Inquisitor died Season 2 of Rebels. He fell to his death. Yep, on Tarkin. I don't on, believe he's dead. On Tarkin's Star Destroyer, yeah. I don't believe he's dead. I feel like somebody Force-sensitive like that could, you know, survive a landing. Well, there was something in the comics, actually, where they, um... I think, like, his physical body was dead, but they trapped his spirit and just wouldn't let him die. Did you know that the Grand Inquisitor was actually a temple guard? Yes. During Ahsoka's trial? Yes, and I love that they, they actually referenced that, like, later on in Rebels 2 and Force Visions, where... You know, like they're trying to break into the temple, and he's the one that stops the other Inquisitors. So it's it's cool to see it kind of like come full circle and him have his redemption moment. Yeah. So there's a few things on how they could, you know, if they're mm-hmm. smart. And I have full faith in Deborah Chow. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad, and so I got into Better Call Saul, and I've been oh, watching yes. that for the past week. Deborah Chow was actually one of the like the producers on this yeah. show, and I'm like, well, no wonder this show is so great. Deborah Chow's in it, so mm-hmm. if what I've seen out of this show, she brings to Kenobi, I believe Deborah Chow knows Star Wars enough Absolutely. to be up there with Dave Filoni and John Favreau. So yeah, I have faith in her. But then again, it's under Disney. Disney can put Disney into anything, so I don't want to see a Disney Kenobi Vader. Right, if that right. Makes sense. Which I, I I'm hopeful that it's gonna be what we're hoping it will be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm absolutely confident on that. But again, I'm just I'm excited and I'm counting down. And it's crazy to think that within seven days of me hitting stop on this recording, we'll have those first two episodes, and then we're on to Andor, we're on to Mandalorian season three, we're on to Ahsoka. Which, damn it, that's the one I'm counting down for. But like, there's so much out there that it just it's reassuring but also scary for my bank account and where half this stuff is going to go when I eventually buy yeah. it you know like good god it's never going to die and god please lord of voiceover force almighty whatever let me get my voice in some of those projects please may the force yes. be with me I would love to see that and you know I'll be like yeah I knew that guy yes when... yes that's that uh, guy that took a stunner know, to convention I saw it yeah, I'm excited for all these live action shows, but I'm I'm really excited for Bad Batch season two. Same here. I believe Celebration is going to give us a trailer. Oh, it has to. It has to. And Dee Bradley yeah. Baker is going to be there along with Filoni too. So 
and, and Michelle Ang. Bad Batch, the way that these shows are releasing when Kenobi's done, I believe Bad Batch will be the end of summer. Yep, and it's going it'll lead into Andor. Yep, and then it'll lead into Mando season three. That's I it. Mando season three is going to be about the same thing Boba Fett was. Yes, the very last day of the year. Yep, and run through February because spring twenty twenty three is when Ahsoka is supposed to come. Absolutely, out. it's either going to be Ahsoka or I think there's there's talk of Loki for a season two somewhere around there, but it may be Ahsoka and then Loki. But I ain't going to complain either way because I'm just ready to see who all they bring live action for the Ahsoka series. Yeah, series-wise, that's about all we've got announced. But movie-wise, there's been rumors of a Rogue Squadron movie mm-hmm. coming back into production. Yep. There's the Taika Waititi movie in yes. production. And uh, they're, they're, they're talking over at Lucasfilm about a Ron Johnson His trilogy. trilogy. But it's been put on hold right now, from my understanding. Yep. So there's no telling when we'll get that. Right. Schedule conflicts uh, and all that, but man, I say what you will, I enjoyed Last Jedi, and he's a creative mind in himself, too, so I think if he's doing something that's away from the main, you know, like the main storyline, I think he's going to give us something good. I, the, my problem with Ryan Johnson is I feel like if he was put on a project to start and finish it, mm-hmm. it would be great. Oh, yeah. But when you put him in the middle of something and yeah. say connect the dots that's where he struggles right right because you're kind of you kind of stifle the creatism that he brings to the table when you're trying to connect the dots of somebody else's vision but at the same time too you know it's again he was in a he was in a damned if you do damned if you don't situation because of like all the fan theories that we have out there which damn that's something we haven't got into yet so we'll we'll do that here in just a second but you know like I saw people online that got mad because, like, what they predicted wasn't what made it to the big screen. Therefore, they just automatically hated it. And don't get me wrong, they had I some... to break it to them, but Disney's not listening to you. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, they had some pretty creative stuff, too. But, again, when you I'm have... I'm still waiting on Darth Jar Jar. Same. Same. Or, you know, the reincarnated uh, Darth Plagueis. But that's neither here nor there at this point. You but, know, I, I thought the first time I seen Snoke, I thought that was Dark Plague. Same. And I was hoping it was, too. I was hoping. But it was just so weird at the same time, too, that he kind of had, like, the same deformities and scars that Vader did. But, like, there were so many, like, red herrings to that character that you didn't know who it was. And then when you find out it was its own, like, its own thing, he's killed off almost immediately. Then you find out he was just a clone. Like, it's kind of... It's interesting, not what I expected, but, man, I you know, was hoping... He's, he's deformed mm-hmm. because they cloned Palpatine after Palpatine was, you know, quote-unquote, incinerated. Right, right. So they had to bring back Palpatine in order to get some sort of DNA from him. So Absolutely. I, you know, that's why Snoke is deformed. Because if you see Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker, he's, you know, zombie Palps. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, they, they even said it, too, the Force, like, the dark side was eating away at his body regardless whether it was a clone body or not. We saw what it did to his original body. So why would it not do it to a clone body or even Snoke's body, whether it was, you know, disintegrated DNA or just the power of the dark side in him? It's going to eat away at his body, and you can see that with previous Sith Lords too. So it kind of still all ties together. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, the Clone Wars episode with Yoda. When he, he visited the Sith planet and he yep. was tempted by Dark Side Yoda. Dark Side Yoda was, you know, like a gremlin. Yeah. It, it causes you to deform because it decays your body. 
even Ahsoka. I mean, Ahsoka on Mortis, her dark side. You know, she had the the poison running through her face or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, and I I love seeing that visual too. It's so it's so dark and demented, but it was so cool to see. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. It's a pivotal moment in Ahsoka's story. Yep, and that's uh, that's one I want to see some live action form of too. That's just the Mortis gods. That whole story, I need more of that. You know, they got Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor to come back in the same show. You you can almost guarantee there's going to be Clone Wars flashbacks. This is the perfect opportunity for them to cast a young Ahsoka. Yes. And let's and not have any any boundaries on who they can pick to play a young Ahsoka. And let's be let's be real on this too. If they were to pick Ashley Eckstein, she would be the perfect person for it based off height, build, and the ability to match that voice too. Because I mean, she did it all, and you know, it's just another way because you know fans are obviously clamoring to get her involved in it. Why yeah. not? It's the same with them. You know, Rosario Dawson and Ashley Eckstein are mm-hmm. both Ahsoka. Yep. Very true. Very, very true. And man, before, I, I just realized I left out one key thing we still got to talk about before you throw some questions my way now. Talk to me about Roadie and Radio. How did you get started with the podcast? What, like, the love of Star Wars was obviously, like, the impetus of all of it, but what pushed you to start a podcast with that? Okay, well... It started with when I got into toy photography, which mm-hmm. was late 2019. Um, I had met some, you know, very interesting people and learned some stuff. And, right. You know, I, I've been doing photography and customs ever since 2019, so going on three years. Um, it started with uh, me wanting to start a podcast talking to other photographers and getting their story kind of like what you do but mm-hmm. in one specific field right photography, right customs action figures once i met my co-host danny which is now like my brother oh yeah we decided to take a pivot in our show and focus on not only photography and action figures but you know shows comics games news media fan theories you name it Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I like to call us the Sports Center of Star Wars. Is I love it. we really are the Sports Center of Star Wars. We talk about everything that Star Wars people need to know. Mm-hmm. The name Rodian Radio came to me because Rodians are my favorite species Nice, in Star Wars. okay. And, you know, I was, you know, throwing around some names, and I came up with Rodian Radio. I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. And Greedo is a, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, even I though he's in the movies for 0.5 seconds. Right, right. And, you know, Greedo is a meme. And, you know, say what you want, but Greedo is a meme. And everybody knows who he is, too, so... Yeah, everybody knows who he is, but not really many people know what his species is, which is a Rodian. Fair point. So, you know, Rodian Radio, you know, it rolls right off the tongue, and so I was like, let's go for it. So, but now we, we, we've gotten to the point to where we've got a very sturdy listener base we've had a few celebrities from star wars on the show we've had dominic pace nice. from the mandalorian we've had Skylar bible from the book of boba fett we've had Jim, uh, kim simmons who was the original toy photographer for mm-hmm. kenner uh we've had who else did we had we had richard strad who was in uh, attack of the clones and empire strikes back he played all the clone troopers nice. in attack of the clones wow uh, for the most part he was obi-wan's double he was chewbacca's double he even was Yoda's double. So 
and uh, we've got those episodes on our on our list. We we we're on uh, Amazon or not Amazon. I'm sorry. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. Is is our four major perfect uh, platforms where we where we branch out and we're just a fun show. I mean, it's, you know, me and Danny, my co-host, we just, you know, have fun after we get through all the news and stuff. We just, you know, throw whatever around, see what sticks. Like we, we took the first Kenobi trailer that came out back in, I believe late March. Mm -hmm. It was a minute and 40 something seconds, I believe. And we turned it into an hour and a half show breaking down that one trailer. Oh man! So that's what we do at Rodian Radio. We we dissect Star Wars. I love it. I love it. And I'm gonna have links in the show notes so that everybody can go check that out too. Because, like I said, if you're listening to this, chances are you're a fan of Star Wars too, in some way, shape, or form, or you know somebody that is. So share those links and go subscribe yourself too. So I mean, I already know there's a ton of quality content, and now I got to go watch the deep dive on that too because I know I missed a bunch of stuff. So I got to prep myself before we get to the premiere next week. Well, let me tell you something. We just put out an episode of, uh, like I told you before, of a pregame Kenobi discussion. Mm -hmm. If you want to get ready for Kenobi, go listen to that episode we put out. And uh, you'll be ready and hopped for celebration. And you'll know what's going on when you see Kenobi. You'll, you'll hear our fan theories. And what you heard from me tonight is how we are on Rodian Radio. I so, love it. It's just like it's it's literally chewing the fat with a friend, man. That's and that's what I love. That's yeah, easy that's to exactly listen to. You're still chewing. That's it. And my only complaint is that as an interviewer and then even as a listener, it feels like it goes by so quick, man. Because like it does. It, it doesn't does. feel like we've we been going. Yeah. Show the other night, and it didn't even feel like it. And that's man. That's when you know that you're you're doing something good right there because it it literally you get lost in it, and that's how you know that you're passionate about it too. It's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. So let's uh, let's throw the interviewer cap on you for a little bit now. Everybody knows what this is. I don't know what these questions are going to be. I am at Chase's mercy, so any questions that he wants to throw my way, he's got five. I am at your mercy. Uh, well, I just want to get this off the bat. Um, I noticed you got the Mr. T style going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if Mr. T influenced you to get that mohawk. Man, I didn't even think about Mr. T when I did it. I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to pull it off. I know I can't pull off the chains, but I I literally just got a wild hair. I was going to shave my head again regardless, but I just thought, "Eh, let's see if I can do it. Somehow I made two straight lines, and I've had it for like a half a year now. So Yeah, I think you can pull it off. You know, if you put one line right through the middle, you'd get that. Uh, Commander Gree hairstyle. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Or I could do like the old wrestling tag team, the Road Warriors, and just split it down the middle and have the Road Warrior Hawk. That's another thing I want to talk to you about. All right. You're big into wrestling. I like wrestling. I grew up with wrestling when I became, you know, up in Mm -hmm. 11, 12. That's what time I got into it. Rey Mysterio was always and still is my favorite. So who is your favorite WWE wrestler? Uh, it's gonna be Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah. But I a, like Shawn Michaels. A close Sweet number. Chin music. That's it, man. And a close number two, though. I gotta say, because he's been tied to Rey Mysterio for so much, was uh, was Eddie Guerrero. Because I just any match that he had with Rey Mysterio was absolute magic to me. Yeah, I, I like Shawn Michaels and DX. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, when I was in wrestling, it was Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Big Show, all of them guys. And what's crazy is they're still, like, obviously Shawn Michaels is retired now, but these guys are still involved all these years later. It's just absolutely insane, especially Rey Mysterio with all the wear and tear on his body. I can't even imagine how that guy functions day to day because I'm doing good to do what I do. I think Shawn Michaels has got the best intro song. Oh, of course. Anybody. He's the only one that could pull that off. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so what was that? Two questions? That was number two. Let's see. Number three. Um, I would say we're about the same age. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, that is a good question. Man, um, there were so many, but... I would probably say it was, um, oh man, it's a toss up, but because it came first, I would say cow and chicken. Cow and chicken. Mine was Teen Titans. Nice. I love it. I love it. I loved Cartoon Network back in the day. Oh yeah. They they had everything, man. And I mean, I, I don't want to count Dragon Ball as a cartoon because obviously that's anime, but that's still like my number one to this day. But dude, Cartoon Network had everything except the Simpsons. So they did, and Family Guy. Yeah, oh man, they they reinvent they reinvigorated that show, man. Saved it from being uh being canceled. You know, I feel like cartoons will never be like they used to be, and I mm-hmm. know they're never going to be like they used to be back in the day. Yeah, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons you can't beat Looney Tunes. No, and all that moment in time. So, you're a big Dragon Ball Z fan, I take it. Yes, sir. I was never able to get into Dragon Ball Z. I was always into, like, Pokemon. I I dig it. So, I dig it. Did you like Pokemon? And if oh. you did, did you ever have Pokemon Go like the rest of the world did? Okay, so I, I did like Pokemon. I somehow, I, I don't know if I lost all the cards that I had or if my mom just sold them and I wasn't aware. But I was big into Pokemon, too, but... I never, I never got into Pokemon Go. My brother did, but, you know, it's like everywhere we'd go out in public, he's sitting there playing the game or he's playing the app trying to chase one, but I just, I never got into the game. Well, I know me and about everybody that I knew had, <laughs> and uh, I even had a guy that I knew, he would walk the side of the highway, like on the interstate. Oh, no. looking for Pokemon. That is a brave, brave man. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that was four. My yep. last question is uh, I want to talk about your dog and why you name him the Watt Wookie. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You can name you can nickname him the White Wookie, but man oh man, like when I rescued him his name was Bo. And obviously the book of Boba Fett is going on, so I I had to have him as Boba. I had to name him as Boba. Because just everything about that series in the book of Boba Fett made him, just like we mentioned with Darth Maul earlier, made him such a unique and relatable character at that point where it was the bad guy trying to go straight. Had a really bad situation that he overcame and now he's trying to turn his life around. Pretty similar to uh, to my dog because we, we rescued him from the Humane Society who three months prior had rescued him from a dog fighting ring uh, like chained up to a pole in a cage uh, about an hour south of Nashville down here. And, you know, he had a lot of health problems. They had to rehabilitate him. And if you look at Book of Boba Fett, it kind of mirrored it, you know, like just overcoming everything. And 
Boba was just a fitting name, and he would still answer to it. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm i pulling the husband card here. Wife, you're outmatched. I win. His name is Boba. He's coming home. That's it. But he, he literally is the white Wookiee because he thinks he can – he thinks he's a baby, but he's like an 80-pound tank, and he will not be shy about jumping on you, smacking you with his paw, or just, like, trying to tackle you getting into the bed while you're asleep. So, I mean, he literally is a walking four-legged Wookiee. Talking about the Wookiees, you know, another legend character is brought into canon. Yes. Chrysanthemum. You know, oh, God. The be- I believe Chrysanthemum, you know, in we're getting bounty hunters in Boba Fett. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Here I am, Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, we're getting bounty hunters in Kenobi. Yep. We uh, we got a tease at a Forlom in the trailer. Oh, we did, yes. And we got Chrysanthemum in Book of Boba. If you know anything about the comics, you Obi-Wan read my and mind. Fought each other, and Kenobi gave Chrysanthemum a scar across his eyebrow, which Chrysanthemum has in yep. the Book of Boba. So my expectation, one expectation, is that we will see Chrysanthemum and Kenobi fight. Yes. Oh, I forgot all about that. And if they do, if I'm not mistaken, at that time in the comics too. Chrysanthemum was partnered up with uh, with Boba Vader. Fett as well, uh, and because they were, weren't they trying to hunt um, uh, yeah, Luke? I, Luke? Yeah, I they were trying to find out his name at one point too. Well, that was later on, but maybe I'm getting the timeline mixed up. But I know Boba and Chrysanthemum worked together at one point too. But yeah, yeah. they knew each other. Mm-hmm. In uh, Book of Boba, you oh, know, the, just the death stare from Chrysanthemum. Yep. And uh, but uh, another fe- a theory that that I have is in a new hope. You know, we hear Ben Kenobi tell Luke that, and I still find this funny to this day that stormtroopers were the most accurate and precise. Yeah. Soldiers, which we all know that they're not, but you know, we're led to believe that they're the ones who set Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen on fire. Mm-hmm. My theory is Boba Fett was the one who did that. I second that theory for this kid because when do we ever see stormtroopers set people on fire? Right. And I mean that line is even referenced in Empire Strikes Back: "No disintegrations." It was Boba Fett. Oh, man, and see that's just another layer to that character that makes me like him that much more. I don't know what that says about me if I'm just into like sadistic it's Boba Fett, man. That yeah, you don't have to have a reason. It's it's literally the Anton Chigurh, if you're familiar with No Country for Old Men. He does his job, he sticks to his code, and doesn't think twice about it. Moves and, on to the next. Know, a lot of people, you know, the Book of Boba got a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. And I can see why, but, you know, from, you know, a, a, a fanatic's point of view like me, I really enjoyed the Book of Boba Fett, Same. especially the dialogue. Like, a lot of people had a problem with Cad Bane saying, you're going soft in your old age. There was nothing wrong with that line. Mm-mm. We all know that Cad Bane and Boba Fett are both old at this point. Yep. And we hear Boba Fett say, we all do. That's just natural. It happens in real life. And I don't know why people got so upset at that. It makes no sense to me. Well, here's another thing, too. It kind of gave us that moment that we didn't get in the Clone Wars because we've all seen like the unfinished footage of their Old West shootout style duel where he got the dent in his helmet where, you know, Boba and Cad Bane had that gun, that shootout. We got that on 
in real life instead of getting the animated version of that. So it's just, again, Dave Filoni bringing something back into the picture and making it fit the story. It's it's just beautiful storytelling because yeah, him. And, and when that dialogue, it, it gives you the, the, the little drop mm-hmm. that, hey, these two had a history together. Yep. And you and even. That was, that was it. It was subtle and it worked. You even hear it referenced, you know, like throughout the show before it gets to that point where like even Finnick is trying to tell him he's gone soft or he may be doing something differently, but he sticks to his guns. He sticks to his morals about it and he's trying to, I guess, go on the straight and narrow or however you want to say it. But, you know, he it's it's acknowledged throughout the show and it's kind of like the bow on the present when he says that line and you get the you get the rebuttal that we all do. It's it's beautiful storytelling. It is. It is. You know, if you want to go back, we any new series that comes out, we like to do after shows of each episode and break like it down. It. And so, for the episode six of Boba Fett, when Cad Bane came out, uh, I put my re- I recorded my reaction and I put it in that episode. Nice. So if you want to hear how I reacted to that, go watch that episode because the first after show that we did. We were throwing around ideas. We're like, okay, where's the show going to go? And we were both like, me and Danny were both like, we're calling it. You're hearing it on Rodian Radio. Cad Bane will be in this show. Okay. Got to episode five. No Cad Bane. Starting to think, eh. But I held strong. Right. The next episode, when I seen his silhouette, instantly, I knew exactly who it was. So good. The silhouette, the hat, you can tell exactly who it was. After my excitement settled down, I thought to myself, did this 76-year-old Duros just walk the whole desert just yeah. to shoot somebody in the shoulder? <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, he shot he shot the deputy multiple times just for just because, you know, that was his reward for walking across the desert. But that the, was his plot. Yeah. He had to die. But man, so that's a that's a fair point right there because I don't think I'd want to make that walk at all. No, especially in somebody who's as old as him. I mean, we got to think about it. Cad Bane is probably in his 70s at this point. Yep. And, you know, I just thought about it, and I still laugh at it today. Like, did he really walk the whole way from Moss Isley all the way to Freetown or Moss Pelgo? Tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah. But I I like Moss Pelgo better, but that's just me. But, I mean, that's, again, that's a fair point that we don't even talk about either. But, yeah. Walked all the way across the desert to shoot one guy in the shoulder, gunned down another one multiple times just because, and that's a statement. That's it. And then he does it over yeah, to uh to Jabba's palace. Yeah, he just parks his speeder two miles away, gets out and walks. But no, this guy walked the whole way. Yeah, king of the dramatic entrance. He knew what he was doing. But if you go back and look at that episode, the title explained very clearly. Uh, from the desert comes, comes a stranger. stranger. I such uh, man, it's such a powerful title too. Because again, I didn't know who it was going to be leading into it. I didn't know any of that. But man, it was so good. Yeah, so good. And and, and, and again, another animated character brought in the live action. That's it. And the voice actor gets to come with him too. That's even better. Yeah, and if you notice, Corey Burton's voice was a little bit more raspier. Yep, more aged. Exactly. It fit like with the Cad character. Bain's, Cad Bane got done smoking his pack of Marlboros and was like, all right, now I'm going to make this five-mile walk. Oh, just throw it out in the uh, the remains of the crate Dragon. Let them deal with the yeah. rest of it. Jaws will get it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know they will. 
Man, I, those guys, I call them jerk jaws because <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're the jerks of Star Wars. Like they're pickpocket thieves. They really are. They they don't give a crap about nothing. They really are. <laughs> Man, we could do a whole other episode on Jawas, but this has been an absolute blast, man. I can't believe that we've gone over an hour just nerding Are out talking really? about a story. Yeah, we're at an hour wow. and ten minutes, and it's like like I mentioned earlier, it does not feel like we've been talking that long. This is absolutely insane, and it's been a blast. But like I said, we're gonna have links to everything you got going on in the show notes, so if people do want to see your reaction to Cad Bane showing up on screen. I'm going to make that easy for everybody to go find. but so, well, I will tell you this. I was watching it while I was at work, so anybody around me could have heard my reaction. <laughs> that is the best. That and is the best. That's another thing that I meant to, t- to touch on. Somehow, every now and then, the force aligns, and I was able to be off this upcoming Friday to enjoy Kenobi oh, the whole day. Magical. Without spoilers. Magical. Magical, ma- the force works in mysterious ways, my friend. Yes, it does. Oh man, and thankfully it allowed it allowed us to have a fun conversation here tonight. And like I said, it flew by, man. It just yeah, absolutely flew fun. by. And we'll have to do it again, that's for sure. Definitely. But is there anything else you want to plug to the audience before we get out of here tonight? Uh, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. Of course, as yes. always. But yeah, if anybody enjoys rants, you know, hot takes, deep dive, breakdowns, dissections, anything Star Wars, Rodian Radio is the place to find it. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm going to make it easy for you. Going to have links in the show notes. And while you're at it, too, when you go subscribe to Rodian Radio, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, too, if you haven't already, and leave both of us a five star review. And then and buy share some, it. Buy some. Hear me pod merch. Yes, that too, because for the love of God, not only do we want to keep this podcast going, but we also want to help the Humane Society as well. So get those, get that merch, take some pictures, tag me in it, get those shout outs, and know you're doing some good in the world. That sounds like a win in my book. But Yeah, we, we got stuff out over at our show too that you know our, our listeners can be involved in. Absolutely. But I'm not going to tell you, you got to come find out for yourself. So you know what that means. Go hit that subscribe button. But guys, for myself, for Chase, I thank you all for tuning in tonight, for letting us nerd out on here a little bit. And if you were on the fence about Star Wars, hopefully we pushed you off into the deep end and you're going to enjoy loving it as much as we do because that's what the world needs more of, more Star Wars fans. Absolutely. Oh, man, but we're going to call it a night right here because the Force was with us, and I don't want to drain the Force anymore. But for myself, for Chase, I want to thank all of y'all for tuning in this week. We're going to be back next week with another awesome episode. Chase is going to be back in the future, and we are going to have a lot more nerding out to do. But until then, go out in the world, have some fun, do some good, go watch some Star Wars, for God's sake, and just have some fun. And check back in next week when I'm back with another awesome guest. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.